Welcome again to the Twins Wrap, Derek Hansen, along with a play-by-play voice for the Minnesota Twins, Dick Bramer, brought to you by Jefferson Lines. And Dick, you said a couple weeks ago on the broadcast uh, when they played the Angels in Target Field that these two teams give us some entertaining baseball. And boy, last night was no different. A fantastic game, uh, a blowout game by uh, the standards these two teams have set because it was decided by two runs rather <laughs> rather than one. Uh, but it was a great game last night, and, uh, you know, those great games are always decided uh, by, you know, whoever gets the big hit late, and Miguel Sano got the hit, the two-run home run that made the difference, and, you know, this Twins team is on a roll. It's a 4-1 and one road trip here, and, uh, you know, as we speak right now, it's, uh, you know, five-and-a-half game lead uh, over Cleveland in the division. Yeah, it's a shame Baltimore's so bad because as well as Minnesota's playing, it's it's amazing they don't even have more of a cushion. Yeah, you know, we, the Twins uh, fattened up on the Orioles and, uh, um, you know, the uh, A's are taking on the Indians now. They're, that's a more competitive team. So, yeah, it's been uh, really a wonderful start to the season and it's not really the start anymore. We're getting into the you know, the second quarter of the season and this team is pitching well, they're hitting well, they're missing some guys and they just keep, you know, hitting home runs and, and not looking back at uh, who's not there. It's the guys who are here that seem to be doing it on a nightly basis. Yeah, this team sits at 31 wins and, you know, you experienced the the 2016 team and just imagine, you know, <laughs> they, they would have killed for to have that by the 4th of July then. You know, it's just amazing how much this has improved over the past couple of years. And it's uh, very similar. I, I think, you know, without too much of an exaggeration, this team is playing now this year the way we all thought they would have played last year, coming off an 85-win season two years ago. Uh, but they've got such a wonderful mix here. You know, the core, the the Rosarios, Polancos, Keplers, Buxtons, they've gotten better. And then the new guys, the more veteran guys that they brought in, like Scope, and Crone and Cruz and Marwin Gonzalez, they fit in so well together. And I think it's a testament to the front office, not to just to go out and get some players, some veteran players who've been productive on the field, but get the right players who could fit together coming from a variety of different directions and making this team right now a really cohesive group. With Cruz out, and you mentioned it earlier about Miguel Snow getting that home run last night, which uh, put the Twins over the top to get the win. That's probably what he needed mentally as much as anything else. Yeah, I think that uh, you know we we expected Miguel would strike out a lot when he first came back uh, to the major league club. Uh, so you know it would be nice if the Twins wouldn't have to sit through the strikeouts. But you you saw last night in the eighth inning what he can do when he puts a good swing on a pitch that's hittable. You know, we've seen a lot of cases of breaking balls, check swings, and and all that. But if you throw it over the plate and give him a chance, he's a very talented hitter. And and so there are going to be some rough spots yet. You know, he is right now uh, where everyone else was at the end of March. So it's going to take him a little while to get going. But it sure is nice to have that big bat in the lineup. Yeah, no question. It uh, he, he's just another force in there, and it's going to be scary when they can get all those guys together. Well, they've got some tough decisions to make because the hope is, of course, Nelson Cruz will be uh, activated in time for this weekend's games uh, at Target Field. Uh, so then somebody's on the rock moved off. The best guess would be you know Luis Arias, but what a job he's done. He looks like he belongs here both at the plate and in the field. And then eventually Mitch Garver is going to come off the injured list and they'll have to make room for him on the roster. So uh, it's a nice problem to have, 
but there are some tough decisions ahead as to who to keep, who to send back or, or move off the 25 man roster. Yeah, as I told you, I was watching this uh, quite a bit as much as I could off of my phone over the weekend. I was on the uh, honor flight for North Dakota, Minnesota this past one. And this, uh, how do you say the second baseman's name? Arias or? Arias. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) He was amazing last night, three of four, and just, he's a tough guy to get out. He puts the barrel of the bat on the ball just about every time. He's got a little, um, what's the word? personality or he's an interesting guy he's just turned 22 years old and he looks like he's going to be a really good player for the twins he's a two-time minor league batting champion he missed an entire year because of a a knee injury and uh, he's one to watch for the twins uh, are really happy with him with with how he performed in spring training Uh, not that the games matter but just how he carried himself around you know the major league players a very uh, likable guy and somebody that's going to be uh, playing for the Twins, I suspect, for a long time. We just don't know when, you know, he'll be up here full time. Uh, injuries sometimes can uh, you know, solve problems, but you know, when you've got guys that uh, are fixtures in your lineup, middle of the lineup guys like Cruz and Garver, somebody's got to make room for them when they're healthy. You know, he along with Osadio, they're playing on the right side of the infield, and they're a lot more athletic than what I mean. Osadio made a defensive play last night; it was amazing. They are so athletic, and they don't look as athletic as they are. Well, you know, and just to isolate on Osadio for a moment, you know, when Mitch Garver went down, uh, we were told that you know Osadio was going to be a catcher, and he wouldn't be moved around the field much. But there he was at first base last night, and you're right. The play he made uh, to Taylor Rogers was a tremendous play for someone who hadn't gotten a lot of reps at first base, and unfortunately that was the play that took uh, Simmons, the outstanding Angel shortstop, uh, out of the ball game and probably on the injured list for a good little while. But uh, that was a great play, and that's one thing we've seen. You know, we've, we, we've seen even the outfield, the fixtures out there. Rosario, Buxton, Kepler have been moved around in and out of the lineup. But uh, this team has played so well in the field. And you really notice it when you play a team like Seattle. The Twins played them uh, over the weekend, and they're not very good in the field. And the Twins look clearly like the superior team uh, over the Mariners in that series, in part because they, they caught the ball and threw the ball in the field uh, like a major league team. You mentioned guys that are going to be tough to take out of the lineup, and Adrianza has been playing well, both defensively and offensively. He's he's really – I think for a lot of teams, he wouldn't be as much of a utility guy. He'd probably start for a lot of the teams in the major leagues right now. Well, and I think that's, again, a nice problem to have, but you're absolutely right. I think he would play uh, – probably find a position uh, for at least three of the four other teams in the American League C- uh, Central and be an everyday player. But he's not, and when you know the time comes to add these people to the lineup, you know what? What do you do? Because he he kind of does uh, somewhat what Marwin Gonzalez does, a utility infielder, and Gonzalez, of course, can play in the outfield too. But Adrianza's been out there as well. We saw him, you know, in right field the other day. So, um, you know, you've got uh, redundancy, I guess, with those two players. And in this day and age, when most teams are carrying thirteen pitchers now and only have three bench players. You really can't afford to have a redundancy. So, again, the Twins front office has got some interesting decisions to make. 
Before we get to some of the uh, pitching, which I think we might be bearing the lead on here, but you mentioned something last night I didn't realize here is uh, Polanco leading the league right now as far as the uh, best hitting with his average at 335. Uh, you know, I guess we really, I think you and I have talked about this before, we may have underestimated how much of a loss he was in the early part of 2018. But man, what a force he is right now. And we talk about tough outs, he's one of the toughest. Well, and then, of course, you know, you contrast where we're at right now, how well the team is playing, and who's playing really well. And, you, and it's been said for over 100 years that good teams are strong up the middle. Well, last year, Jason Castro hardly played because of the knee injury. Polanco wasn't in the lineup in the first half of the year because of the suspension. Brian Dozier wasn't playing very well. Buxton was hurt and wasn't playing very well. Now you look at the Twins up the middle, Castro, Garver, Astadio are all doing well behind the plate. Scope's been really good at second base. Polanco right now is one of the league MVPs. And Buxton looks like the, the dynamic player we all knew he could be. So this is you know one of the reasons the Twins are where they are is they're really, really strong up the middle. And that includes the pitching staff, which has been outstanding. Yeah, and you know, just to kind of reiterate what you and I have talked about before, you know, Buxton may have took the caller last night, but I know he's not going to be that average guy, I guess. They're just letting him go up there and swing and what he can do in the outfield. I think he is still one of the most important players on this team right now all around. Well, he covers so much ground out there, and they're transitioning with him a little bit, trying to get him to play a little deeper. So he's getting to the wall and making catches rather than you know doing face plants against the wall <laughs> and running full full speed into the wall. But, you know, he entered the game last night hitting 275, and I expect fully expect he'll hit 15 20 home runs uh and he's scoring you know was a 24 runs he's driven in 24 that's not bad for a ninth place hitter no no he's probably in the right spot right because you know he's only not the leadoff hitter once it seems like he's the one that comes up in the uh lineup whenever you guys are previewing the upcoming inning when the twins go on offense a lot yeah and when you know i keep score during the game during the telecast on a two-sided score sheet and when I turn the sheet over, when the other guys are done, and I see, okay, we're starting with the sixth place hitter or the seventh place hitter, in in my mind immediately, I think, all right, well, we can score runs here because the bottom of the lineup has been really productive too, and and Buxton's a big part of that. I I, I think he's hopefully building a foundation for what Twins fans can expect, which is a really dynamic player and frankly one of the more exciting players in the game. Yeah, you bet. Uh, it's amazing. I cannot get over. Now, we talk so much about uh, Jose Barrios. And he, quote-unquote, may be the ace of this team. But, boy, Jake Orderizzi, he might have some argument for that. He has been amazing here in 2019. Yeah, when you um, – and four of his uh, five start last five starts, he hasn't given up a run. Well, that's pretty good. You know, that's uh, that was just five innings last night. Uh, and the Angels actually broke his scoreless string with a couple of home runs at Target Field last week. But, uh, you know, he's fun to watch because he's a pitcher. And Barrios, you know, had a huge lead the other night in Seattle but couldn't complete five innings. Uh, ultimately, if you want to pass uh, the Cleveland Indians, you'll need to outpitch them. And I think what we've seen so far, Derek, is that this team can pitch with the Indians, and they're a far superior lineup in terms of uh, producing runs. Yeah, it's it's just amazing what uh, – is it all about Wes Johnson, the new pitching coach? I mean, it just seems like he's tweaked something where he looks confident and everything's really flowing for him right now. Well, uh, it, it's Wes Johnson. It's the coaching staff. 
it's the manager, and they've done a lot of things differently. They've looked outside the box in terms of how to prepare for a season, how to prepare for a game, uh, and and it's it's a very communicative relationship that the coaching staff has with the players, and and they impressed upon the players that this is it's not us telling you you got to do this. Let's have a dialogue about how how best to prepare you for a game or for a season. And so there is some give and take between the players and the coaches, the pitchers and Wes Johnson, and, and it's a collaborative effort, and the results have, have spoken for themselves. This is a really close-knit group, and, and we're not talking about just the players. We're talking about the players and the coaches and the manager. This is a really cohesive group, and, and the fact that they've you know won – two out of every three games this year, that's the, that's the byproduct of what they established going back to spring training. We've talked so much about the bullpen. Dick Bramer with us for our Twins Wrap here, brought to you by Jefferson Lines. And I thought about Latroy Hawkins, your broadcast partner throughout this West Coast swing here, and how he many times went down early in his career and came back up. And Trevor Hildenberger, who looked like one of the best guys of the bullpen in April since the last time we talked now, has been sent down to write whatever's been going wrong with him. And I would guess in a matter of time, hopefully he figures that out because he was lights out in April. Yeah, and I don't know whether um, you know it might be nothing more than simply tipping his pitches. I don't know what the issue is but I would be stunned if we don't see Trevor back uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. He's an important part of the bullpen, but the guys now that have stepped up the you know, the Matt McGill's Mike Morins, you know, Ryan Harper has been pretty good all year long. These guys are coming in and they're getting big outs. Sometimes as was the case last night, bullpens called upon as early as the sixth inning. Sometimes it's just later, but they've managed to do a really good job. The, the, you know, Parker and Trevor may, and Taylor Rogers are perfect in save opportunities. And uh, it, it's been fun to watch. It hasn't maybe been the relievers that Twins fans imagined at the start of the year, but as a collective group, they're really doing a good job getting some big outs. My goodness, the uh, the Harper, he, he was breaking. To say he was uh, breaking those balls, that was unreal. Just the, the, the bend on some of those pitches he made, <laughs> that was jaw-dropping at some points last night. Well, and that's one of the things that's changed, too. There's been a, a, a bigger emphasis placed uh, on the pitching side with this Twins team on throwing, breaking balls, and off-speed stuff. And it's it's from the realization that hitters look for fastballs. That's what they want to hit. So to counter that, why would you throw more fastballs than you absolutely had to? Now, you know, it's still a very important pitch, obviously. You have to establish your fastball or the other stuff doesn't work but in key spots more and more we're seeing you know breaking balls whether it's uh, taylor rogers slider ryan harper's slow curveball maybe you know mike morin's change up which he can change speeds on uh and it and the whole thing goes back to what the great warren spawn said was that you know hitting is all about timing and pitching is disrupting that timing and i think that's what we're seeing from this twins pitching staff Odorizzi was a perfect example. His last start was against the Angels, and he pitched pretty well, but gave up a couple home runs and three runs. Last night, he had a completely different pitch arsenal that he used. He he emphasized different pitches in key spots, keeping the hitters off balance. All they had to go by was how he pitched against them in Minnesota last week, and last night he was a completely different pitcher in terms of his mix. 
Tonight it's uh, Michael Pineda, who I think has done pretty well. I mean, I guess if you're looking at one of the guys that you're thinking of later in your rotation, going three and three so far, and you know being 500 for you, I'll take that at this point, considering how successful the Twins have been so far. Yeah, you know, if you were going to rank the starters, you would probably, to be fair, put Pineda in the fifth spot in the rotation. But his numbers, you know, are, are pretty good, and he's taken the ball and uh, every, you know, time it's been his turn. And the Twins see improvement in his breaking ball. You know, what they would like to see is more stamina. You know, he's he's been really good often for four innings, and then whether he's tiring or, or, or what, just not as effective in the fifth or sixth inning, the proverbial third time through the batting order, they'd like to see him extend himself through that third time to save some wear and tear on the bullpen. I'll be curious how he fares against the Angels uh, here tonight who are probably going to be crippled with uh, Otani, and Andrews and Simmons unable to play and because of the injuries they suffered late last night. Yeah, both of those things kind of freaky, too, and you hate to lose your third and fourth hitter in the lineup, but Otani kind of swinging at a, a pitch and hits his hand, and that didn't look good. And then Simmons just, I guess, it's great that he had the effort, but his effort to try to touch first base before Taylor Rogers did might have cost him a few days here. That was That was really scary. Yeah, they uh, before we um, went to bed last night, the Angels uh, said uh, the X-ray showed no breaks in either case. Uh, so Otani almost certainly won't play anymore in this series, uh, but he should be okay eventually. Uh, but Simmons, that could be a, a far more serious thing. You know, shortstop relies on that you know left leg, you know, to plant and make throws and pivot and and do all of that and to hit. And uh, there was no broken ankle, but a sprained ankle. And sometimes, unfortunately, those can be more uh, time-consuming in terms of the healing process than a break itself. This Angels club, I'm surprised they're below 500. I mean, there's a lot of talent there. It just seems like, you know, they they just can't find a break. And, of course, the Twins have taken a lot of these one-game wins from them. Of course, last night, two-run lead. But it, it's a, it's just amazing the talent that this team has. They And they certainly are tough out, but they just haven't caught many breaks. Well, they have the best player in the game. Simmons has emerged as you know just a tremendous two-way player. He's always great in the field. Now he's been a really great hitter. They're really going to miss him for however long he's out. Albert Pujols is you know in the declining years of his career. Obviously, Otani still has a great future, but they have never, for a long time, been able to pitch. They probably haven't had the pitching staff as the strength of their team since they won the World Series back in 2002 and so they're going to run you know Andrew Haney out tonight uh, uh, and then uh, tomorrow it's going to be uh, the dark night uh, for the uh, Angels and they both have struggled uh, so we'll see how it, how they fare here tonight but if you don't have starting pitching Twins fans know this all too well if you don't have starting pitching you really don't have much of a chance to have a winning record. Well, we'll wrap things up here with Dick Bramer. It's it certainly has been a fun run. I think you and I would like games like last night three to one more often. But boy, the fans are certainly excited with the the offense that this team has had. It's amazing. They are so fun to watch right now. Well, yeah, and and you know it's fun to watch the eighteen to five or four bludgeoning that the Twins handed the Mariners on Saturday night. But games like last night, those three to one ball games. Uh, looking ahead, and it's hard not to the way this team is playing, but looking ahead, those are the type of playoff games, that uh, low-scoring games that you're going to have if you're good enough and lucky enough to make it to the postseason. So last night's game was 
really entertaining because, uh, you know, Sano got the big hit late. They pitched well enough, held the other guys to just one run, and uh, we expect more of the same in this uh, the final two games of this season series with the Angels. All right. Well, you and my old friend LaTroy have fun tonight, and I do enjoy LaTroy. You know, they always give Tony Romo so much credit in football by predicting the next play and getting it right. He many times does that with the next pitch. He's seen a lot of baseball in his day, so it's fun to kind of catch his analysis of what he thinks is coming up next. Yeah, we got a couple more with LaTroy here in Anaheim, and then I work with uh, Jack Morris when we get back home for the homestand. So, yeah, I'm pretty lucky because I get to work with a lot of uh, former Twins greats. Yeah, you bet. Dick, thanks so much for your time as always. I do appreciate it. All right, you got it. Dick Bramer and our Twins Wrap, again brought to you by Jefferson Lines, your number one bus experience for over 100 years serving North Dakota and cities throughout the Midwest. More Couch Potato Radio to come. Again, that Twins game with Corey Provis and Dan Gladden from Anaheim, Los Angeles, the Angels, whatever you want to call them. But it's the Angels and Twins tonight. 8.30 is the pregame show here on KFGO 94.1 FM here in the FM metro area. And as always on the Triple Towers of Powers, the mighty 790 KFGO. Couch Potato Radio, Derek Hansen with you.